Thursday live from the ESPN 690 and a jar in Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Hey, happy Monday, everybody. It's Players Championship Week. We'll celebrate golf. Obviously, we've got some ties to the golf uh, scene here locally with our Action Sports Shacks Dream 18. We do it right here at the Golf Club at Southampton. So we are live at the Golf Club at Southampton. We'll release the save the date for our Dream 18 2021 coming up uh, in the show today. I want to also remind you, go to ESPN690.com, get the Dream 18 card for discounted golf and discounted uh Items at local businesses, including some free stuff on there as well. Uh, so we are live at the golf club at Southampton, talking football, talking a little golf along the way as Lanto Griffin will join us in the 5 o'clock hour. And we're also talking some hoops. Jacksonville University makes a big move today with their basketball program. They fired Tony Jasic after seven seasons. Tony's a really good guy. Uh, like him, he's become a good friend and plays some golf. So I hate it for him that it didn't work out here at Jacksonville University. And I'm sure this guy hates it as well, too. Uh, Alex Ricker-Gilbert, the athletic director, at Jacksonville University joins us right now live on ESPN 690. Always a tough day, man. Tough decision, I bet. Brent, Austin, thanks for having me on. Yeah, tough day. Um, you know, tough decision, as you said. Tony is somebody who's represented us well over the last seven years. But ultimately, when we sat down today, um, really felt as though the, the program uh, needed a, a new energy and it needed to go in a new direction. Alex Ricker-Gilbert with us as uh, the Jacksonville University Dolphins men's basketball program goes in a new direction. What is that direction? How do you see it, Alex, and, and how do you turn this thing around in the A-Sun? Yeah, I think I think for us, we have to really look inward uh, at our, our tradition, but also look look forward to, to what we think and hope to become, and, and that's really focused on basketball success. Uh, and, and where that starts is with our own core values in the athletics department and, and really focus on fostering growth for these young men. Um, these young men uh, are, are incredible, incredible representatives of our athletics department and university, and so we're going to look forward and really try to focus on somebody who can come in and, and create a genuine and meaningful relationships and connectivity with these young men men, and with our community. And and that's where we're going to start is connectivity and relationship. And with that foundation, I think we can build it into something special. I think uh, about your Jacksonville University men's basketball program over the last seven years of Tony Jasic, Alex, and, and I don't remember any like issues in terms of externally and problems with the program. You always have some things internally probably that we don't even know about. Uh, every team has that, whether it's college, high school, professional, whatever. Um, but I, you had to reshuffle things a few times. The roster seemed to get reshuffled a few times. Uh, did you just... Do you think Tony just never got the right mix to be able to win big? I know there's a lot of confidence in what you guys had on a couple occasions, especially going into this season. And, you know, Cole plays a role probably, too. I mean, it's just a weird couple of years in college hoops. But but why don't you think it worked out? Yeah, I think there's there's never an easy time to make a decision like this. As, as you've mentioned and we've talked about, Tony ran a clean program, um, did, did things – the right way, I think, and but ultimately, um, as as you looked over 
sort of the, the, the course of the tenure and the trajectory and where we were from a momentum and optimism standpoint, we felt as though a change was necessary right now to bring in some new leadership and new mentorship for these young men. Alex Ricker Gilbert, athletic director at Jacksonville University. We appreciate you jumping on and joining us. Uh, of course. Obviously, after uh, JU says goodbye to Tony Jasek after seven seasons, the record was 95 and 122, uh, 42 and 60 in the A Sun, one and six in the tournament. And really, if you look at the rival UNF right here in town, I think it was four and 12 against the Ospreys. So obviously, you guys have to find a way to win. You, you've you've put in some resources behind the program. Uh, I think that's the right move, by the way. You know, I'm a big fan of that uh, on your campus of uh, with all the tradition that you've had at JU uh, how much do you think some of the facility upgrades the practice facility that you guys are building and heading toward will help get the program back on top yeah I think uh, we are taking a focused approach to basketball um, and I think our job is is a job that you can be successful in and any time that you are able to infuse resources into facilities in this arms race that is college athletics, you're going to be able to attract recruits and attract the right personnel. And so we're excited um, to be able to bring this new practice facility right next to Swisher Gym online here for next fall. Um, you know, we, we've broken grounds, ground steel is coming out of the, the ground and, and we're well on our way. And so that is only going to help us uh, and I think that will only grow on what is already an attractive job. Yeah, Alex Ricker Gilbert with us. You just mentioned attractive job. I was going to say how coveted. I mean, there's only so many of these, right? Division One basketball is coveted naturally. Uh, but I, I, with the tradition, uh, you know, going all the way back, uh, you just celebrated 50 years of the Final Four team. Artis Gilmore, of course, everybody knows. It's deeper than that, though. Uh, and what you're building ahead, how coveted will this be? Uh, and what are you looking for? I mean, you can go a variety of routes when you're going to basketball coach, a guy with a ton of experience, maybe a little bit older that's been through it, or a guy that's kind of an up-and-comer like you did a little bit with Tony on the last hire. Do you have a feel for that yet? Yeah, I think we're going to evaluate every type of candidate. Obviously, today is about these young men and our staff and communicating with them, but we are focused on moving forward, uh, and we are focused on getting the right person in here. A lot of folks have asked me about timeline, and, and what I will say is that our number one priority is to evaluate all types of candidates, bring, look at different diversities of, of experiences and, and backgrounds, but ultimately um, bring in the right person. And, of course, we want to move quickly, but it's, as I've said a couple times today, I will not sacrifice the right person just to move fast. Alex Ricker Gilbert, let me ask you this um, one more time, uh, or, or before we let you go, uh, how big of a hire is this for you uh, and for the school and for the program? Uh, you know, you obviously want to get them all right, but this is your flagship program, and, and you really want to get the basketball program right. How much pressure are you kind of putting on yourself, I guess? Uh, to get this one correct? Yeah, I don't know if pressure is the, the term I would use, but I think um, it is extremely important. I think we've taken a strategic uh, reimagination to, to, to our athletics department, and, and basketball is at the forefront of this. 
And so I'm not going to sugarcoat the importance of the hire here for our men's basketball program. It's important. It matters to our university. It matters to the city. It is a program that can elevate our university and put our university on the map in Northeast Florida and beyond. I agree with you, absolutely, and good luck with it. Uh, we appreciate you taking a few minutes on a tough day. I know it's always tough uh, with this kind of news, but hopefully you're going in the right direction. You make a big-time hire and a lot of success to follow, Alex. Thank you, Brent. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Uh, Alex Ricker-Gilbert, Athletic Director, Jacksonville University. And uh, I, what he just said at the end there, I've been a big proponent of, and if you've heard me talk about JU Athletics over the years, and uh, a lot of good friends that have been involved with JU Athletics, and I am just a huge believer with UNF, with JU. I, I go all the way back to my Albany days, Albany, Siena. You can do so much with basketball uh, at this level. And, and it's a little bit different down here uh, because basketball isn't followed by as many. When I was up in Albany, Albany and Siena, that was the thing, man. I mean, they didn't have – it wasn't college football. They had the Giants. They had Saratoga, you know. But it, it was college basketball, and they loved it. And when it was going well, it was awesome. Uh, that's a little bit different down here with all the other things going on. But from a school perspective, from a program perspective, I just feel like one year going to March Madness, one year going to that tournament, uh, if you can do that once every five years, the amount of success that brings your university, admissions, athletic programs, money, notoriety, you name it, it's unbelievable. And so I love what JU's doing in terms of their facility upgrades, their focus and attention, their readiness to admit, say, hey, this is our program. This is our flagship program. Uh, they canceled football because of that, but I think in a way this is kind of the right direction they needed to be going the entire time with this much focus on basketball. So now it's up to them to get uh, the right person in charge and, and win. Uh, and, again, I'll say, man, I, I'm a big fan of Tony. Uh, he won up uh, in Indiana. Uh, I I don't know if he always had the greatest chance to win here. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other things that are always on the side. I mean, even personally, I know this, that uh, one of the Hurricanes, I forget which one now, came through and really damaged his home. He was without his home and with his family and oh, living in two different places. And at one time, Swisher's Gymnasium was shut down for a while during that stretch. Uh, he's not going to get to experience the practice facility and what that could do for recruiting and other things. So uh, a lot of thoughts with uh, a good friend now, Tony Jasic. And uh, I'm sure he'll land on his feet. I think he's a good basketball coach. It just didn't work out uh, here in Jacksonville. Let's welcome in Austin Lane once again. Uh, and Hey, you know what, Austin, uh, speaking of, and hopefully the JU folks won't mind me saying this, but I just told you the importance that I think for UNF and, and JU to really focus on basketball. That doesn't mean that you can't worry about the other sports. I think there's a lot of successful sports on both campuses. I think they're all important as well. Uh, but the moneymaker... The identity maker is basketball for both of those schools, yeah. so much so I still think people in town talk about UNF going to the tournament, and I just had it on my Facebook memories. It was six years ago, like yesterday or today, that they went to the tournament. And so I think they still feel the impact of that six years later. Now, ideally, even for UNF, and I think JU wants to get here too, uh, my formula is like, can you get to the tournament like two every six years? Can you average it two every seven years? Something like that. Uh, easier said than done. But then if you could get on a roll and go three out of four years, you know, kind of like Liberty's doing right now, mm-hmm. if you can do that in the A-Sun, 
my goodness, the magnitude that has on your entire campus is just unbelievable, and and you can't even put a value on it. No, it, it's huge. And obviously, playing the sport of college basketball, it's all about the NCAA tournament. Now, in making that tournament, whether you're a big school or a small school, like you've said, you need the support um, of everybody on campus. Now, I think the benefit that JU and UNF really have is the fact that they aren't football schools, right? I mean, the, because, you know, the sport of football can take a lot of energy, a lot of money, a lot of time and effort away from other programs. Well, they don't have to worry about that necessarily. So it is good to see now. I mean, listen, obviously, Tony Jasic, he was a big part of – moving the program forward in terms of, you know, re- rebuilding facilities and, and and making that the focus. Now, he's gone, so I think you tweeted this this morning. He can't see that through, which is a shame, but it's good at least you feel from JU the fact that they're trying to go in a new direction uh, because college basketball, like any sport in, in, in college, it's, it's an arms race, you know, and it takes time, energy, and effort, and it seems like the JU Dolphins right now, um, everybody, whether it's the AD or what have you, their focus right now is in improving that basketball program which they should yeah and they should and and again what the i think and now there are other reasons why they did this okay i don't know everything but i know some and i've been educated on some of it and so this is going to sound ultra critical but i'm just going to go very simplistic and broad view the money that was put into football and again i'll say it in part because admissions were down i think a little bit so the heavy nature of non-scholarship football and attention on that made some sense from a financial standpoint but if you just think of it what I just said about going to the tournament a couple times in six, seven years, or maybe you make a run three out of every four, and what that will do and how much that propels you for years and years to come. Uh, all you have to do if you're JU is say, hey, we have the tradition of that. Like, we got to keep building on that. I mean, they have a Final Four appearance that hangs in the rafters at Swisher Gymnasium. They have a Hall of Famer in Artist Gilmore. And by the way, they've got a litany of other players that we can talk about here in town. So... For JU to kind of get away from basketball being the number one thing for a little bit, at least the way it felt, I think was a big mistake. And it's good to see them going back in that direction. Uh, and I think Tony was part of that direction, leading that direction. They just couldn't win enough. And I don't know why that is. I don't know why you win and lose. Uh, he liked some of the teams they had coming in, but they didn't get it done. And, you know, when you don't get it done, usually this is the end result. But, uh, Hopefully the next hire gets it done because there's there's one thing missing in this town that we haven't seen yet that would be really cool, and that is if JU and UNF are really good in February and March. I'm not sitting here and going to be overdramatic and tell you that, hey, in December and in November, people are going to be like, wow, look at you, JU, UNF. I don't know if it's going to be like that. It's such a football town. I think there will be support. But I think in February and March, if you got to the point where these guys are good and there's this little run for five or six years and one team's going to the tournament and the next team's going to the tournament, maybe they're meeting in the championship game of the A-Sun. I mean, that will be well-received in this town. Call it a football town. Uh, call those small schools or mid-majors, whatever you want. People will come out of their houses for that and go to the arena because it will be electric. And that's like the one thing I haven't experienced. I don't think anybody has because UNS still somewhat new to the Division One scene. So back when JU was good, they weren't even participating in the same league. I think, Austin, and I don't know how you feel, about, but I think that's something you're bringing Ronan to. That's no, my point. You're no, right? You know, without a doubt. And it seems like the trend in college basketball, as far as I can remember, is when you have success, you know, and, and when you go to a tournament or, you know, you, you, you win a conference championship, like, 
usually that, that can come with sustained success. I'm always reminded of Murray State. Like, Murray State, even back when I was in school, like they started a basketball tradition. Um, and now every single year, year in and year out, they're expected to go to the NCAA tournament. Now, they, they didn't make it this year because of Belmont. And you know how I feel about Belmont. But, like, <laughs> year in and year out, it's either Murray State or Belmont, Murray State or Belmont. And that's the kind of expectations and tradition which happens when you start winning. So it's not out of the realm of possibility to say if UNF starts going to the tournament, if JU starts going to the tournament, yes, the city gets behind them, the school gets behind them, but then the sustained success should happen. Very rarely, and, and I say this you know, with a little asterisk next to it, but very rarely do you ever get schools where it's like they're a flash in the pan, one and done, and then you, like, you never hear from them again. Usually there's some continued success in terms of winning their conference championship and going to the tournament. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and, and I will say this. Uh, listen, I, I've been a big advocate uh, for Matthew Driscoll at UNF as well. I think that one thing, if you don't understand the dynamics of college hoops in the A-Sun and in this town, JU operates a little bit different than UNF. Uh, you know, one's private school, one's public school, uh, the or state school, the just the whole dynamics it, without getting into it. It's different. I think UNF and Matthew, I think that's like the perfect marriage. And what he's done in that program yeah. has been impressive, incredible. And now you start getting people that expect it all the time, and you see Liberty going the dance. And I know people get frustrated, like, okay, Matthew Driscoll, when are we going back to the tournament? It's been six years. I understand that clock. I think he understands that clock. I'm just telling you this. I've There are very few times that you see the perfect guy for that job. And Matthew Driscoll continues to be the perfect guy for that job. So I will I will say that, and uh, I hope he gets back to a tournament very soon. So if there is any of that kind of conversation behind closed doors, that ends. Mm-hmm. And he would fit, if they could go to the tournament in the next year or two, he'd kind of fit my window, Austin, two times in like a seven or eight year period. Sure, sure. And and again, you can get greedier than that, and I'm okay with being greedier than that. But I think if you can set that kind of standard, you just continually roll over your program and continue to establish its identity. And before you know it, you're a mid-major that everybody knows across the country. Well, without a doubt, and especially, and you use the term mid-major, right? I mean, that's where the mid-majors and the smaller schools, you know, they it's their bread and butter. It's the NCAA tournament. That's why it means so much. That's why when you see, like, smaller schools win their tournament, they're all celebrating because they understand, like, yeah, I mean, maybe you have a shot of to go deep and go to Sweet 16 and become a Cinderella story, but you also know what it means for recruiting and means for your school in general. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, speak, we're on basketball. Let's just talk about it for a moment. How, what do you think of the All-Star game? I mean, I mean Steph Curry put on a show. That was cool. I mean, the, the fact that you said Steph Curry put on a show, we're not going to acknowledge that Giannis Kempo, the NBA All-Star MVP, went 16 for 16 That's in the game for, I think, what, 35 points? I mean, listen, I could do the Giannis Kempo box score breakdown if I had to. But once again, props to him. Now, I'm going to be honest. In the post-game interview, loved what he said. This one's for the city of Milwaukee. And I, I don't want to hit on Giannis Kempo, but Giannis, the city of Milwaukee doesn't care about the NBA All-Star MVP, okay? We we and I say we like I live there, but we want an NBA championship. We want an NBA title. We don't care about the NBA All Star MVP. But it was cool for the night, though. I enjoyed it. You know, it's funny. You say sixteen to sixteen. I know he had a three as well, but so, so many close three, range shots. He, he had three threes. Yeah, Larry so, Bird would never. <laughs> clear. So, but there's so many close range shots that actually during the game, and I, I understand Zion started like one of five. I think and hey, he actually missed, missed the dunk. Missed, but, he missed three dunks actually. <laughs> yeah, or missed a, it was a he three. three of them. Yeah, yeah he okay, three so of three them. dunks. Well, yeah. so I actually thought about it in my mind that 
before I knew the stat of one of five, I was like, Zion could potentially have like a career 92% field goal percentage in the All-Star game. Sure, Because sure. all anybody wants to see him do is dunk. You better believe it. <laughs> and, well, and I think it's the funny thing. He leads the league in points in the paint, obviously, uh, and he leads the league in layups, points made. Now he's like sixth or seventh in dunks. But, yeah, Zion Williamson coming along, though. But, but you Coos, know, did you like the not, show? Not a star, though. <laughs> not a star. I'm Not a star. Uh, Coos, did you like the All-Star game? I'll be honest, I don't care about the All-Star game at all. That's Justin Kuzar, the Driving Dish podcast, everybody. <laughs> it is. That'll be an entertaining Driving Dish podcast. It's, well, it's but, over. No, no, In no. five seconds. No, no, no. I mean, look, here's the thing. I understand it was for charity and all that stuff. Careful, Joel Cruz. Embiid and Ben Simmons, if they had played and they were potentially positive for COVID, that could have been a horrible look for the NBA. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it would have been. But I think overall they pulled it off. And they it's did. still entertaining. I do, I'll say this. Every All-Star game, I don't know if there's another All-Star game, Pro Bowl, you know, festivity like this that just showcases the kind of athlete these guys are. And Ooh. I know they don't play defense and all that stuff. But yeah. the, the showcase of how these kind of the, the athletes that the NBA player is is just incredible. Well, and, and, it's it, and having the dunk contest at, at halftime was a cool touch, too. I kind of like that. Yeah. yeah, get it all done and yep. instead of three different nights. All right, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Coming up next, the Khan family is winning lately. What I mean by that, coming up. Austin Lane. The beer that made Milwaukee famous. Giannis Antetokounmpo, big sign, the deer that made Milwaukee famous. Brent Martineau. I can buy that. Yeah, okay. That's all I'm, that's all I'm throwing out there. I can definitely buy that. Hashtag and trademark. So if somebody tries to steal it, I'm suing you. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. When you start fighting over the average, that's just the agent wanting to show people, look, I can make the average look like whatever it is. If I choose to, I can backload the contract to a degree where I make that number just so outrageous that that average is $60 million a year. Oh, my God. Headline. That Prescott signs record-breaking deal. But how much are you really getting? How much of the money, and that's what Dak wants to know. What is my real cash that I'm taking home in these next three to four years? The real money. Not no fluff money on the back end so that I can walk around and people can think that that's what I truly really make. Hmm. That's the important thing to think about NFL contracts. Well, that is Zubin, Jay Williams, Keyshawn in the morning on ESPN 696 a.m. until 10 a.m. Talk a little bit about Dak. What do you think? Get done or not? Uh, are you asking me should they or will they? Will it. When I say will it, will either uh, by tomorrow or if they, they might extend this franchise tag. But let's just say tomorrow, will they tag him? No. Or a deal's getting done? No, I think a deal's getting done. I think if they don't tag him, that would be very telling. Because if you're Jerry Jones, listen... Do you want to pay Dak Prescott whatever he slated? Is it like thirty-seven, or is it oh, oh, is it like forty-something now for the franchise tag at quarterback? Uh, he would be because he's been tagged twice. That would be right. Yeah. So I think he's up around thirty-seven million. Okay, that's not good business if you're Jerry Jones. You're at least you're essentially going to lease a guy for thirty-something million dollars for one year. Absolutely not. I think they're going to sign him to a long-term deal, and they're going to get their money's worth. And you know, the negotiations could be going back and forth, but it's not good business sense to franchise tag Dak Prescott. All right, we'll see what happens with the Dak Prescott situation. Might even get into a little bit of Jalen Hurts uh, in a bit as well. 
I want to get into the Khan family right now. And before I do that, I want a special mention and shout out and hello to a couple of uh, new folks on our restaurant revival tour here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Vita Louise back. Happy Lord coming back. And also uh, Colhane's Irish Pub as well. Two locations, Atlantic Beach and on the south side. Uh, welcome to those folks on the Restaurant Revival Tour. You can be a part of it as well. Just reach out to me. We'll tell you all about it. And uh, hopefully all the local establishments are, are doing well. Uh, Coos, did you say what? Todd from West Virginia is on the line. Todd from West Virginia on the line. All right. Uh, we are live at the Golf Club at Southampton. Let's get Todd in before I have this conversation about uh, Shad Khan and Tony Khan and some of the momentum they've built. Todd, what's up, man? Uh, what's going on, guys? I just want to say I really love your show. I listen about every day I can until about 5 when I have to go train, but I think your show is really underrated. I love the dynamic you, Austin, and Coos, and all the images. It's fantastic. I just want to get that out of the way first. Awesome, Todd. Hey, so much, and Todd, and by the way, man, I mean, don't just gloss past you say train. What kind of training are we talking about here, Todd? Uh, I'm a power lifter. I like power lifting. That's my thing. I used to be a football player, but power lifting is my thing now. I like it, man. Do you need any tips? <laughs> Certainly not um, from you, Brent. <laughs> uh, but I, I love the the players' perspective from Austin and and just that whole thing you guys got going on. I love the gel in there; it's awesome. I appreciate um, what you got. What's on your mind? Yeah, the Andrew Norwell thing. I was thinking that um, maybe it's possibly that they do front load it um, in order to be more aggressive in free agents uh, free agency than we actually think that they might be. And that is to improve the average age for our, our team being the youngest in the NFL, upgrade some talent there and fill many holes so that we won't be hampered in the draft, allow us to be able to be aggressive, maybe move up and uh, just get more elite talent than overall uh, making the team younger. Do you think that's possibly what they're trying to do, or am I just hitting the clouds here? Uh, Todd, appreciate it, man. Thanks. Uh, we appreciate you listening to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Thanks for all the nice words as well. You know, I, that's a good question, and I think w- when you say that to me, I don't know what the finances will do with, with Norwell at his age in terms of lowering the median age and all of that. I think it's more how much do they want to go spend in free agency when it hits next week. Like That, to me, is still the mystery be- behind Urban Meyer, Trent Baalke, Shad Khan, is how much will they spend, Austin? How aggressive will they be? I don't think they're Going, I don't get the sense they're going to spend it all this year. They don't have to do that. But you can still be very aggressive and spend 50, 60, 70% of the yeah. dollars and still do more next year. Well, let's look at the landscape real quick because Todd does bring up an interesting point here. If they were to front load Andrew Norwell, and hopefully we hear about that, but if Andrew Norwell is to be front loaded, that says a lot about what they're trying to do and what the goal is for Urban Meyer. Because let's keep in mind, I just got done saying how it's not good faith in Urban Meyer because they don't have relationship. Well, what does it say about Urban Meyer if they're willing to give Andrew Norwell some front-loaded money and said, we trust you. I've never coached you before. Now, your offensive line coach is still there, so I talked to him. But I have no idea who you are. But we're going to give you money up front because there's a plan in place. If they do that, I mean, that goes to tell me that Urban Meyer's got actually big, big plans in free agency. Maybe something that we're not even seeing quite yet in terms of how much money they're going to spend. I can see that happening. I mean, if you're Urban Meyer, you only get a, a, you know one chance to make a first impression and make that big splash. So keep an eye on that, I guess. Because if you're Andrew Norwell and you get that money front-loaded, I mean, it's not the worst thing. Now, yeah, your contract's going to be re- renegotiated, but you're essentially going to make the same sum of money only in the front end, which is not a bad thing. So I'm definitely going to keep an eye on that and see what happens. 
Well, I think what's important from Andrew Norwell's point of view, if this comes to fruition, is what is it? Is it a pay cut or is it a restructure? Those are two different things if you're asking for a discount or a restructure. Uh, so you can move money around. What it is, you know, it's, Urban doesn't strike me as the patient guy. As like, hey, let's wait. Well, let's plan to win in year two, right? Let's win in year three. Yeah. And to your point, if you want to argue for spending a lot in free agency right now, and you think the Jags are going to do that, this is a great year to do it, especially if you have a lot of room in your cap, because it looks like there's going to be a lot of cap casualties across the NFL. We're already seeing some more today um, along the way. So there's some arguments to be made for that, no doubt about it, Todd. Thanks again for the call, man. Appreciate listening here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. All right, I want to get to this uh, because I teased it, and I thought about this over the weekend. I think Shad Khan, Tony Khan, the Khan family, has a ton of momentum, Austin. And I, I mean it like this. Let's go to Shad Khan first. Okay. He obviously is super successful. But since he's purchased these sports teams with high-profile images – the Jags, Fulham, eh, right? Hadn't been good. Sure. Uh, hasn't been a lot of success. It's been a splash here and there, but not a lot of success. If you see what he did all the way last year to last December, now that we know and we've heard from him in January after this season and his hire of Urban Meyer, he took control of the organization. And he said, I'm putting this organization in a good spot. Well, you know what? He did. You know, I don't know. I still don't know how much credit he deserves for that. Mm-hmm. But he certainly was more involved. He said he was more involved, and he ends up with the number one pick, and he ends up with his guy, Urban Meyer. He wanted his guy. He chased Urban Meyer. He didn't let him leave the kismet, the table, without being the guy. And I still think that says so much. It's it's really his best move as owner of the Jags. He said. I want Urban Meyer to be our next head coach. I think he's a game changer. I'm going to get him, and we're going to get him. And he did it. A guy that has said no to other jobs, a guy that wasn't working, that could have just sat home, played with the grandkids, and then done some TV work when he wanted to. You can't underestimate how big of a move that was for Shad Khan. So I say Shad Khan in those two instances, how he reshaped the organization in one year to put him in position to have money, have the number one pick, and get, Urban Meyer is a huge win for Shot. If you look at some of their other entities, and I'm not talking about Flexingate that makes them billions. I'm talking about his investment now recently, and I'll just hit on this for a moment. Uh, the Black News Channel out of Tallahassee, he's got a big stake in that, and it is doing very well, Austin. Like he, I don't think people talk about it, know about it. And quite frankly, I don't know a lot about it, but I know it's doing very well. I know people associated with it. So he's winning there as well. You take a look at what Fulham is doing. They were relegated a couple times. They're back up to the English Premier League. Tony Khan is running it, and so this is where Tony comes in. And they got a huge win over the weekend, like huge. We don't talk Fulham soccer a lot, but they beat Liverpool this weekend. And now they are actually tied for that last spot of out of regulation, uh, relegation, excuse me. Um, So with plenty of games to be played, and they're playing well if you look at the last handful of matches. Uh, this is not going to be a dissection of the Fulham Soccer Club, sure. but I'm just telling you that was a huge win, and now they're right in the mix to kind of take that next step and maybe avoid relegation here in 2021, which would be massive for Fulham, for Tony Khan, and Shad Khan. I put that in the win column, at least for now. You know this better than me. We had Cody Rhodes on the show Friday. You've seen what AEW has done. 
you know, I don't know how people view AEW, but I think last night I watched some of the Twitter chatter, yeah. and I think it was a huge hit Oof. once again. <laughs> I, I, Careful. No? Careful. Oh, no? Careful. Well, well, let me say this. Careful, Rip, Brent. The, the whole thing going into it yes. seemed like a big thing that people With anticipated. It. Yes. No. The, the Wednesday thing with Shaq, you told me, was a home run It hit, was, absolutely, right? in terms of the ratings. Yes, yes. So, and so when I'm having these thoughts, at least, before the show last night, yeah. I'm thinking, wow, man, they have a ton of momentum right now. Yes. Uh, and now you're going to tell me, because I'm bringing this topic up, that it stalled last <laughs> night. Was it not a good well, Was it not a good performance so, last night? So here's the thing. Um, there was a lot to like last night about AEW Revolution. And without the, you know, in terms of getting too in-depth to bore our, you know, our other listeners who aren't into wrestling, um, it had everything, okay? There was good matches, good entertainment. Um, you know, they, they showcased their stars very well, up until the main event, which also showcased their stars very well. And if you heard Cody Rhodes talk about it, it was the barbed wire death match. Yeah. Now, was that Moxley? Yep, that, that, that was and, Mox, uh, um, and Omega? it was Kenny Omega, two of the biggest names Matt, in wrestling. Look at me. Yeah, look at you, man. I see you, Brent. But here's what happened, though. So the match itself, mwah, chef's kiss, fantastic. But when you have a wrestling pay-per-view, or you really have any kind of movie whatsoever, what do people talk about? It's always yeah. the ending. You can yeah. have a good intro. You can have a good storyline. You can have all the all the action that you want. But if the ending doesn't deliver, it's going to fall flat. And unfortunately, the ending of the barbed wire death match, the last match last night at AEW Revolution, it was set to take place where the ring was supposed to explode because the timer went off. Well, whether it was like a malfunction or someone didn't do their job, but the last frame that you saw of that barbed wire death match, it was essentially sparklers going off. Now, it's going to be part of the storyline going forward because that's what you do in professional wrestling. Yeah. But I had friends that were at the event. Uh, I, I know there are a lot of people booing at, at the sparklers going off and stuff because we expected it to be more of a bigger explosion. So the, the overall card was great. But if you paid 50 bucks for it, if you went to go see it, and you're left with that last impression of the sparklers going off, you probably weren't that impressed. Yeah, well, it's a risky business in that it sense. Is. You, you really push the boundaries, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. But just for my overall theme here, yeah. AEW is still making oh, no, a name it's... for itself, right? I mean, it's become a rival of WWE, and I think they've paid attention. And, like, they're a player in the game. Right. Yeah. No, listen, one pay-per-view isn't going to set AEW back that much at all. So, like, let's establish that right now. And in terms of, you know, getting the competition's attention, they absolutely have it. I talked to Cody Rhodes about this, actually, where, uh, you know, it's kind of like the Wednesday Night Wars or whatever. Well, WWE is taking their product called NXT possibly off Wednesday nights and moving them to Tuesday nights because AEW has essentially won the Wednesday night battle. So, yeah, you, you better believe AEW is doing fantastic right now, and it's still changing the landscape of wrestling. It's, it's making the, the competition change dates, possibly, and change what time they're going to air and what date they're going to air. Yeah, and so, by, so this can change by the hour. But my point, my thought this weekend was like, man, the cons are winning. And listen, they're already winning. <laughs> He's a billionaire, one yeah. of the richest guys in the world. But I'm talking about... Things that people talk about, and I know they don't talk about the Black Television Network that much in terms of that industry. It's a different industry, but I think that's doing well. His his landing Urban Meyer has been huge. He's going to get Trevor Lawrence. Huge. AEW and their success and their climb, and Fulham now maybe getting out of that cellar and basement. You're talking about these entities now, and they're doing well, at least for the moment. I think it's a good time to be Shad Khan and Tony Khan, and what I wonder about Austin is... 
Will that continue? Will that momentum continue? Is this the time for the Jacksonville Jaguars? I mean, it's only going to help it, right? If your soccer club's doing good, if you're wrestling, I mean, if all your businesses are doing good, it's contagious. So you would think that, you know, football is going to fall in line and take part. I mean, I'd much rather see them do well than not do well. So it's momentum, it's energy, and those things you need in building a successful business, and this football team needs that. I feel like the only loss they've had as of late is the Lache loss, quite frankly. I think that was a bit surprising. I think they wanted that. It didn't happen. That was one of their losses. I think he's going to come around and trump that, though, with a brand-new facility that he's going to pay for and not have to worry about anything with the government. No, I mean, I think it was the Lache loss, and obviously, you know, some of the the hirings of Urban Meyer, that the guy gets let go after a couple days, you know, the guy from Iowa. But, I mean, that deserves to be mentioned, too, obviously, for optics. But, no, overall, positive. Yeah, I, I feel like this is a good time for the cons. And, and you do want to have almost like, have they figured stuff out a little bit? Or is it just luck? Is it just kind of the way things are at this time? I mean, I don't know, uh, but I think it's a good thing. Um, well, and the Jaguars could benefit from that. I'm going to be honest, at least from the wrestling perspective, Brent, Tony Khan has hired the right guys to run that business, right? Like, he, he, he has the money and he has the vision, but he also surrounds himself with guys that know the business. I think the same could be said maybe with Urban Meyer now and then the regime yeah. coming in with all these titles and everything. There's going to be a lot of cooks in the kitchen, but they understand the game of football. Absolutely. All right, Jalen Hurts, should he be the guy? Should they bring somebody else in in Philadelphia? That's one of the NFL topics. We'll talk about that and also reveal our Dream 18 golf tournament date for 2021. We'll be live at Golf Club at Southampton. We'll tell you when next on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back. We're live at the Golf Club at Southampton. By the way, beautiful practice facility. I may have used that a few times. <laughs> Brand new, real well, over now. What, uh, gosh, going on maybe two years. I'll have to ask Derek and Willie over here at Southampton. But uh, people are playing, and they're practicing. I see kids out there as well, which is pretty cool. And uh, some players right here finishing up on 18. Beautiful day to play some golf. It's supposed to get warmer and warmer as the week goes along. Live at the Golf Club at Southampton. It's Players' Championship Week. A part of the reason I want to go to some of the local golf courses is because golf has boomed over the last year in the pandemic. And I remember Commissioner Jay Monahan at his press conference when he said, hey, the tournament is stopping a year ago. He said, go support your local golf courses. Go play recreational golf. You're outside, and at the time, you could do that. And that stayed the part pretty much around the country where golf was allowed. Sometimes you have to walk or, or just one person to a cart, uh, but the golf courses adapted and the golf courses had record years uh, all across the country, but especially right here in the state of Florida and in northeast Florida. Tee sheets have been packed and that continues, so it's great for the game of golf. Uh, we love the game of golf. Uh, our Action Sports Jacks Dream 18 supports golf and youth golf north florida junior golf foundation along with our local military st michael's soldiers and uh, we are doing it again this year and one of the things i wanted to do during players week and also uh, here while we're live at the golf club at southampton which is the site of our action sports jacks dream a team is announce our date so it's a little save the date for this year's golf tournament Hopefully we will be pandemic-free by the time the golf tournament rolls around in September. But it's going to be Monday, September 20th will be the Action Sports Show.
Dream 18 this year. It's the 12th edition of our Dream 18, but you got to remember, we split this up. Our first five years, we did things like segments on TV during the summer, and then we raised some money for charity, but it was very, very grassroots. And now the last seven years, we've put together a tournament, and we've now raised over $150,000 for local charity. So we appreciate your support. And... Uh, Put that date down on the calendar. We have a lot of fun, a lot of different vendors out here, food and and, and fun and golf, and uh, hopefully we'll have some great weather as well, just like this on September 20th. And we'll be talking about some Jags wins on that Monday because I think we'll be a couple weeks into the season. But September 20th, it's a save the date, live at the Golf Club at Southampton. Thanks again to Cadillac, uh, our title sponsor uh, for Gosh, I think it's a, probably all seven years. Uh, maybe it's six years. But uh, Cadillac has been very good to us in helping us uh, donate money to charity and be our title sponsor. So they are back once again. September 20th, live at the Golf Club at Southampton. It will be in the morning. And uh, we'll have uh, more information to come on how to sign up and get ready to roll for the Action Sports Shack Stream 18 2021. Do want to remind you, go to ESPN690.com. If you want to support Dream 18 charities, you can do so. We're offering 25% off our Dream 18 golf card this week to celebrate the Players' Championship. Go to ESPN690.com. Austin, you coming out to the tournament this year? Don't book a fight for... Monday, September 20th. Yeah, uh, yeah. don't worry about that. I mean, there's not a lot of fights on Monday, so I'll definitely be there. Um, I'll, I'll come there for, like, emotional support. Not sure if I'm going to lace them up, but maybe me and Kuz can go at it. Cause yeah, Kuz are we going to have round two? Do you want round two is the real I, question. I've been preparing for round hey, two. just telling you right now, you better bring your P's and Q's. All right? You better bring Kuz, your P's and Q's, playing? Kuz. Kuz, you still playing a lot of golf? Oh, here we go. I, I here we am. Go. I haven't been out in like two weeks, but yeah. Yep. You guys gonna share yeah, some tips? What, what's weekend. going on? You know, the, some, did Nicole can't bend that pre-work, elbow. Pre-work, <laughs> uh, pre-come to work swings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Keep did those Nicole feet straight. Say basically. Hey, Kuz, we are not getting married if you keep shooting 125. <laughs> well, uh, she didn't say, but she implied that it was embarrassing playing with Austin me. Austin Lane versus Justin Kuzart for the right for Kuz to get married. I like it. <laughs> hey, the hey, highest Austin, of stakes. What's up? How about just out here on the driving range here at South? Oh uh, no, I would lose that. We just set up that. a cage. Wolf. We just set up hey, a cage for you. Brennan, let's be honest. I think you're sitting by the driving range right now. That driving range can't hold me. It can't hold the Long Ball Express. Let's be serious now. <laughs> Brent, you uh, seen right, me in action. Uh, Tell me it can't hold me. Nah, it's okay. pretty impressive. Actually. Thank you, man. September 20th, the Action Sports Jacks Dream 18 right here at Southampton. When we come back, we have football at five. We'll also talk a little Players Championship with one of the. Participants, that's up next on ESPN 690.